Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Cheers, everybody. Wednesday night, middle of February. Yeah. And uh, we're getting into draft season now, which is always fun. Uh, good weekend last weekend on our uh, predictions for uh, golf. I mean, my guys didn't close the deal, but a lot of top tens in there. Yeah, so. peppered around the board again. Yeah, let's talk about uh, what we're going to go over on the show tonight, Tom. We're going to talk about the Genesis Open, which is another fun golf tournament. I always, I always feel, I don't know if it's just it's back in swing and it's exciting, but all these tournaments at the beginning are always yeah. really fun to watch. Uh, we got a little bit of a UFC fight night. We're going to touch on that briefly. The main event is going to be we're going to talk about three um, three divisions this week uh, for NFL needs. We got a couple couple to catch up on as we've redone our schedule to make sure we're giving the best draft coverage possible down the stretch here. Absolutely. So uh, let's jump in quickly and recap what did happen last week in uh, at Pebble Beach. Yeah, an- another great tournament. Um, Coming right down to Sunday again, I think it was a lot of fun to see, uh, especially early Sunday. There's just a lot of action, a lot of back and forth with some guys there at yeah. the top of the leaderboard. So, you know, Daniel Berger comes out on top. He shoots a, a you know, seven under in the final round uh, to finish two clear of Maverick McNeely. Uh, Jordan Spieth, you know, he had a little bit of a up and down day, but it's great to see him back competing. Uh, one of my favorite picks of the week was Paul Casey, and uh, he finished in a tied for fifth yeah. at 14 under. Um, Cameron Tringali finished tied seventh at 13 under. So, you know, Kevin Streelman ended up 13th uh, at 11 under. So, you know, a lot of the guys that I like, the one that didn't perform was Brant Snedeker, but, you know, he was kind of a flyer because he's had success there in the past, but he, his form's a little off right now. So I was excited about the, the way things were going into Sunday, so – Felt like I had a chance with a few of those guys, and um, really, really fun tournament to watch. Really, I mean, there, you didn't really know there wasn't a blowout. You had no. Jor- the Jordan Spieth resurrection story. You know, two weeks in a row finishing in the top five. He's coming right back to play again this weekend, so should be a lot of fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I love Jordan Spieth. I'm excited to, that he's playing better, and hopefully that that's a sign to him returning to form and not just kind of a a blip on the radar. Yeah. And then we had uh, UFC 258 last weekend, right? Yes, yes. Uh, Usman doing what he does and just kind of dominating people. It's kind of scary. You know, Burns stung him. You know, he said yeah. he, he buzzed him right in the – Usman said he buzzed him right in the, the first period, the first, first round. Period. First period, yeah. You know, what are you going to do? I'm a little off my game today. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Calvin Gastelum uh, wins a decision. Alexa Grasso held on for dear life in the third round yeah, yeah. to uh, get her victory. Um, Julian Marquez, Maki Patolo, I talked about that fight a little bit. Marquez uh, with a big uh, third-round submission. It was a very close fight, and I don't know if Marquez would have got the decision, uh, but he ends up getting the finish with, uh, like, 43 seconds left in the fight. So uh, fun, fun card to watch, you know. I, I watched pretty much start to finish. I had a rough day betting it, I'll tell you that. I, I took a yeah. beating. It, it's it's kind of tough when a lot of the favorites hold because even if you bet on them, you're not going to win a bunch. So, you know, it's kind of rough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just – a lot of these fights, it's not – even if you're a fa- – so there was one big favorite on the card there that uh, that lost – and he was the biggest favorite on the card. Yeah, it was um, the, uh, the arm bar. Yeah. What the hell was his name? But it, both kids were jujitsu guys. Yeah. And, you know, that stuff can happen. It, it, you know, that's the nature of UFC and, and betting in, on mixed martial arts. You don't really know what the outcome is going to be. You can get a huge underdog home. And if you just hit on one of those, it can cover your whole night. Yeah, I would say the the likelihood of a big underdog covering in UFC is probably better than in any other sport just because of the randomness of some of it. You catch a guy not paying attention or you catch him just right with a punch or a kick and the fight's over. Like yeah. it, it, 
you don't even have to be the better fighter just to land one of those. You Absolutely. just have to be in the fight. So, I mean, that's what makes it so much fun for gambling purposes. It's yeah. a blast. Yeah, because, you know, the thing is, if you fight the same guy ten times, there's a good chance that at least one of those he's going to catch you in something yeah. somewhere along the way because yeah. these guys are all good. Yeah, I, I would say that the average, even the best, you put one of the better fighters on the roster, the, the odds are they're probably only going to win seven out of ten times. You know, those yeah. other three, they're, they're taking the L. That's yeah. why you see a lot of guys with – smaller winning streaks when they get to the UFC because you're fighting someone really good every single time and one mistake one you know one counter punch you don't see coming is the end of it yeah all right Tom let's jump right into this week's uh, schedule all right so we're going to talk about the Genesis Open uh, Genesis Invitational yeah and one of the things to know about this as you were mentioning earlier bombs away on this course here yeah um, you will see some of that uh, last year Adam Scott actually won this and Matt Kuchar was tied for second with Sung Kang in the uh, nine under. Adam Which Scott. is funny because neither of those guys really hit it very long. Correct. <laughs> and, and Adam Scott hits it long, but he's still not, you know, right. not somebody, not one of the first guys that comes to mind when you hear that. So the names on the list of, of players competing this week, I mean, yeah, everyone, everyone. Anyone, so I you think of the favorite is uh, Dustin Johnson at plus five hundred, and then you've got John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, and Xander Shoffley all at. Uh, 10 to 1 basically plus 1000 and then you've got a couple guys at plus 1200 in justin thomas and bryson DeChambeau. yeah um patrick cantlay at plus 1400 so this field is loaded yeah you can get jordan spieth at plus 3000 to win right now after playing really well the last couple of weeks he's been in the top five the last two weeks his game's coming around if he can avoid you know just having some kind of relapse i've got him at plus 3500 right now it's crazy so some of the prices you can get are really really good because there are so many good players at the yeah. top that are taking all that money, yep, you can get much better value on somebody if somebody comes out of the clouds to win the event. Yeah, not even out of the clouds. Max Homa, who we talked about earlier, you and I played so good last week. I have him right now at plus forty five hundred to win. This the, was a guy who was in the mix, playing great golf. The last time Brooks Kepka stepped on the golf course, he he won the tournament at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He's plus three thousand this week. Yeah, he's he's a guy when he comes into form, he's as good as anyone. So, I mean, at plus 3,000, he's always worth a, a piece. Do you have anybody that you really like this week? Um, and then I'll give you my, my formal selections for the week. So, off the board, um, backing up, let me, where is he? I mean, I can get Matt Kuchar at 11,500 mm -hmm. to win. He finished second last year. Tied for second with a guy who I've got to put on my card, yeah. who's at Plus twenty thousand in Sung Kang. Yeah, I mean, any ten bucks on each of these guys. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I already have ten dollars to win two thousand on Sung Kang. It's ten dollars. If I lose it, big deal. But if Sung Kang runs it back this week and plays well, you're you're sitting on two grand for for just throwing ten bucks out yeah. there. I mean, I'm gonna play Kucher to win and Kucher to be the top ten because you can even get top ten. I saw it's like forty five hundred or four fifty. Where is it? I'll give you my two wins while you look while you find that. Uh, my favorite. I like Bryson DeChambeau a lot this week. I think you know he's had a little time off. Uh, he's ready to come back. He's he pounds the golf ball. He plays as well as anyone on tour right now. Uh, not named Dustin Johnson. So I think DeChambeau could be in line for a big week this week plus 1200 i'm gonna put 50 on him at plus 1200 to win 600 bucks so yeah um you know for me that's i, I think is as solid of a play as you can make i'm also gonna have a ticket on tony fino at plus 2000 a um, couple of couple of good plays there and then my off the board plays i already mentioned sung kang um he's one that i, I certainly like um and then you know really i mean i'm kind of looking for someone who can hit it and a guy who can really hit it out there is Cameron Champ. He hasn't put it all together yet, but plus 13,000 on Cameron Champ. So I'm, I'm going to take a shot on Cameron Champ and Sung Kang as my off-the-board plays. Um, and like I said, DeChambeau and Finau as my plays that you'd want to put a little money on, that you, you, you really feel more confident about uh, to win the event. And then I'll have a bunch of other top top 10 plays or top 5 plays. Yeah, I'm going to put um, Rory's plus 1,000. Mm-hmm to win i'm putting a little on that yeah i mean uh, he's so good when he plays well he's 
unbeatable. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things about some of these top guys. Like, if Dustin Johnson plays his best golf, no one's going to beat him. If Rory plays his best golf, no one's going to beat him. Justin yeah. Thomas, those kind of guys, you like to have a, at least one of them, one horse in the race here. Yeah. Um, but Kuchar to win at the 11,500. And then for my top 10, Kuchar's plus 800 for top 10 finish. There you go. That's such a good steal. You and then 8 to 1. And Max Homa at plus 450 as well. I loved watching him last week. Uh, I think he's playing really well. I'll, yeah. I'll take a stab at that. I like it. All right. So uh, onward. Where are we going, Tom? We are going. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the UFC this weekend. Um, this this fight card is lacking a little bit in what you would call some star power. Free one, you know. It's a free ESPN one. Plus. They've had a lot recently. So, and don't get us wrong. There's some big ones coming up. There's one in two weeks from this Saturday that has three, three yeah. championship fights. Uh, I think there's five champions and three champion fights. It's going to be bananas. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about specifically the heavyweights on this card. Um, there's three heavyweight bouts on the main card. We're going to start with, um, let's start with Andre Arlovsky on Tom Aspinall. They're they're going to kick off the main card and the uh, grizzled, and I really mean grizzled veteran Andre Arlovsky's plus two hundred in this fight. He keeps winning these uh, fights where he's just kind of not pick, picking away <laughs> picking away at guys throughout the course of the fight. He's not getting finishes really. He's not knocking guys out anymore. But he's smarting fight, uh, fighting smart <laughs> and uh, managing to work his way through these these big guys that are strong dudes. Tom Aspinall's boxing is on a really high level. So you know, I would expect that Aspinall in a fight where they're going to stay on their feet more than likely to come out on top here. Um, he's minus 250. It's not really a, a betting angle for me on this one. But um, this is the most boring of the three heavyweight fights, if you ask me. Yeah, the one thing I would say that I is intriguing about it is Arlovsky likes to stand and he likes to counter, mm-hmm. and I think Aspinall kind of plays into it. That's why yeah. I'm, I'm excited to put some money on the, on the old guy here. Yeah, I, I, If you're coming at Andre and you're throwing punches, you better cover because if you've ever seen this guy fight, he will knock you senseless with a counter strike. I, there's been fights where he's been really boring because the other guy won't lead, and so he will just stand there and wait. Yeah. Um, but if, if Aspinall is going to come at him throwing bombs – yeah, better be ready. I think Espinal is is tight though. I, I yeah. expect him to to protect himself pretty well. But you know, again, plus two hundred. Yeah, taking a stab. I don't blame you. Um, we've got Alexi Olenek against Chris Dawkins. Yes, uh, Alexi Olenek plus one fifty, and you know Chris Dawkins has had some wins here early, but the competition hasn't been great. Yeah, um, Alexi Olenek is a, another grizzled veteran. He's been around a while and fought some pretty good names out He's there. Fought everyone. Yeah. Like, he's just fought everybody. And I like Alexi Olenek at plus money here in this fight to take down Chris Dawkins. Olenek has 73 professional fights. Yeah. That's crazy talk. I mean, who are some of his recent fights that he has, Tom? Do you have it up in front of you? I can have it. Hold on. I know that he's he's very active for, for a heavyweight. He, he gets back in, in the octagon frequently, and he's... He's very tough to deal with. He's he's great with his chokes. Um, I'm pretty sure he has several victories via submission that way. Um, he holds a random record, right? It's like the most anaconda chokes, and yeah. the, or some some random record with a yeah a specific choke that he uses. So you've got a guy who's who's really seasoned in in that way. Chris Dawkins is kind of up and coming, but. I mean, I like the kid, but he, he his fighting style looks a little sloppy to me, and it looks like if Olenek can survive the, the early onslaught from Dawkins, I think he finds a way to come out on top in the fight. So um, did you come yeah. up with anything? Yeah, absolutely. So his last oh – man, my computer's went all crazy on me. So he lost his last fight to Derek Lewis, but before that he beat uh, Fabricio Verdum, Maurice Green – he fought Walt Harris and Alistair Overeem, losing to Overeem. Beat Mark Hunt. Uh, he's fought Curtis Blades, who's going to be in the main event. Travis Brown, Jared Rosholt, Miko, 
Mirko Krokot he's beat. I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah, this is a guy who's fought a lot of great fighters. He's won a lot of those fights, and you're getting plus money on him against Chris Dacus. So, yeah, plus 150. That's You can lock that one up for me. Man, he fought Jeff Monson in 2012. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. And then uh, the main event? Yeah, the main event's good. We have the number two and number four heavyweights in the world. Curtis Razorblades versus Derek Lewis. Um, should be an entertaining fight. I know I love Derek Lewis for his fighting style. Like, you just know he's going to swing until he's exhausted, which we've seen. And uh, his, his post-game commentary is the best in the biz. It's funny. As much as you love Derek Lewis for his fighting style, I hate Curtis Blades for yeah. his fighting style. Yes. He, he He's the most boring heavyweight for me to watch because he, he tends to try to take guys down and control them on the ground from top position, which he's very good at. But he doesn't advance for the finish nearly yes. enough because he's already taken control of the round. And, you know, he's had a few good finishes from that top position, but so often it's just a slow, boring... Yeah, he I'm just gonna, exhausts them. Yeah, and, and then, you know, if Derek Lewis ends up in that situation, he's going to be compromised. He needs to get up immediately as soon as Blades takes him down, but... Yeah. Blades is so very good at taking people down and controlling them. I'm worried that this fight turns into a, a bore. Um, I just want to see a few minutes of Derek Lewis getting a chance to throw bombs at him. That's right. that's all I want. Yeah, I mean, Derek Lewis is a lot of fun. Uh, if you have not you sh- heard them, go to go to YouTube and uh, look up Derek Lewis post-fight commentary. Yeah, he's uh, the he's, best in the business. He's quite a character for sure. And he's he's a top level fighter too. Absolutely, you know it's just I don't like his situation here if he ends up on his back. Oh that's, no! And with his cardio, what we've seen before is it, if he gets held down, he's going to exhaust himself in a five round fight, especially. Yeah. Um, we've seen him pull out late round wins when it looks like he was beat before. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, Curtis Blades does not normally give you a lot of chances to hit him. So right. All right, so, yeah, it's kind of a, I mean, there are some other fights on the card that, you know, that they do hold some interest. I mean, you've got uh, Nasruddin Amavov against Phil Hawes. Uh, should be a fun fight. Um, and then Yana Kunitskaya against Ketlin Vieja. Uh, that's a good fight. And Danny Chavez, I like Jared Gordon, Flash Gordon, that, that uh, has been around for quite some time. So, you know, that should be a good fight. Chaz Skelly has an awesome anaconda choke that I just saw on um, UFC's Facebook page today. They showed like best finishes for the people that are in this fight. Yeah, um, he got a sick anaconda like right at the beginning of a fight earlier this, uh, maybe last year. So you know there are a couple of names on there. Eddie Wineland's still around fighting. He's going to fight John Castaneda, and um, I think there was one other name that I saw on here. This oh, uh, Drakkar Close is fighting Luis yeah. Pena. Drakkar Close fought a really good fight against. Um, uh, God, I'm drawing a blank right now on the dude I bet on last week. He just fought. Uh, it'll come to me. Uh, move onward. Drakkar Close is not a bad fighter at all. He's minus 180 in that fight. So um, should be a... Uh, Benil Darush. Oh, yeah, Benil Darush, yeah. So, you know, he fought a really good fight against him, and Darius just got him towards the end of the yeah. fight. So, um decent free card for sure. I mean, it'll, yeah. it'll be entertaining, and I always like to, you know, just fire away some some DraftKings and have some interest in it. So, All right. Ready to talk a little foosball? Yeah, it's it's uh, that time of year, man. So let's talk about some teams and where they're at. We're going to talk. Um, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to start with the AFC West and the Super Bowl runner-up. Kansas City Chiefs are first on the list. Uh, the Chiefs, of course, have a great roster. Uh, Super Bowl last two years. Uh, let's take a look at the free agents. I mean, by all accounts, they have their core locked up. I know Sammy Watkins is somebody they've said publicly they want to bring back. Um, Alex Okafor is a free agent. Um, and one thing that jumped out to me looking at the roster that's kind of up in the air is some of their key secondary guys. Daniel Sorensen um, plays safety and plays a lot of special teams for them. And uh, Bashard Breland. Who mm-hmm. played a lot of starting corner for them. Both are free agents. Yeah, I mean, the big thing here is uh, protect protect your quarterback. You, you need to get some guys in there. Um, you know, they they lost a little bit up front. I don't know if 
Fisher is going to be ready with the uh, torn Achilles. I mean, who knows? That's a rough injury. Yeah, who knows how long he'll be gone. He may miss all of next year. Um, Mitchell Schwartz had that back injury. So there's, you know, Duvernay Tardif, he opted out of the 2020 season, and uh, he might come back. But, you know, we'll see. So I think that interior offensive line is a is a great starting point for what they should be looking at in the offseason. I think yeah. they'll address it through the draft because I think you can get a lot of value there uh, based on where they're selecting. Yep. At 31, I've actually seen twice now um, a different things. Alex Leatherwood, the tackle from Alabama. Um, Who a lot of people think is going to be moved into guard at the NFL level. So it should be interesting to see. There's a lot to like about Alex Leatherwood. Um, seems to be a very team-first kind of guy. Matt Miller has him going with another Alabama offensive lineman, Landon Dickerson, the center. There you go. Landon so. Dickerson scares me yeah. because of, you know, he's torn every both knees. You yeah. know, so it's, it's a little troublesome, but guys guys do it, and they play for a long time with it right. now. So. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that just it's fairly obvious where they need the most help. A uh, couple wideouts, Watkins I mentioned. Demarcus Robinson's also a wide, uh, free agent. I don't think they're going to have a hard time getting those guys to come back. I'm going to guess Sammy Watkins comes back for a lot less than he was making if he does. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. On to the second place. The Raiders. The Vegas Raiders, which I'm, I'm getting better at that. I don't, I don't tend to call them. Um, the Washington football team has been harder for me. Yeah. I think I've been so excited about there being a team in Vegas that it wasn't that bad. But, man, <laughs> that Washington football team has just been rough. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, just the Raiders. I mean, the defense, right? This, this is yeah. what we need. We need some defense to go with that very fun now offense of, of theirs. Running the ball, throwing the ball, one of the most fun tight ends to watch. And, unfortunately for these guys, a lot of their defense is free agents. Jonathan Hankins. Yeah. Um, Karis McKinley, Raquan McMillan, uh, a lot of guys going to be available. Yeah. So, you know, defense, defense, defense for this group. It's it's really got to be the focus. Pri- primarily that um, that defensive line, the, the edge, like everything up front. Their front seven needs to be overhauled, really. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Matt Miller uh, from thedraftscout.com, he has uh, Davion Nixon from Iowa going to the Raiders here. Um, I've seen Christian Barmore. Yeah, that's who I was just going to say. Um, Christian Barmore is one of these guys who's going to fall down the first round because of quarterbacks and mm-hmm. you know some of the wide receivers getting picked. He's probably better than most of those prospects. Yeah. He is just not much to really get mad about when you're looking mm-hmm. at him. Uh, somebody's going to get a steal, and if it happens to be at 17 for the Raiders, yeah. this, guy, this kid's a top-10 talent. Um, just there's so many quarterbacks that are probably going to go early. Mm-hmm. He's going to get shoved down. and I mean, if they decide to go edge, Gregory Russo is probably going to yeah. be there. Jalen Phillips, another Miami kid, is is probably going to be there. And then, um, you know, Aziz Ojolari. Uh, so there are a lot of options available. It's just, you know, how do you want to do it? Do you want to go inside out or outside in, you know, as yeah. you go as you progress through the draft? They look your Vic Beasley's also a free agent for them. Yeah. Um, you know. And when you talk about the linebacker position, I mean, in the draft, it, you know, linebacker, I would say, is probably what I've spent the least time on so far. Um, but Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa, who is, uh, you know, very One very of my favorite people in the yeah, world. Very good player for Notre Dame. Um, you know, Micah Parsons is another guy, if he's there, uh, could be a potential selection. So, really, I like this draft for defense. I, I, think, yeah. I think I like it. If you're looking for defense, this is a good draft for you because so many top-flight offensive weapons are going to go it's going to push these really good defensive players down the board i I don't like the um so far what i've seen i haven't liked the corners uh in this draft it's one area that i wasn't a big fan of but um you know this is going to be fun draft i'm excited to see what direction the raiders go with this uh with this draft now sticking with the raiders for one more second here I feel like this is a kind of a put-up-or-shut-up year for, for Gruden and the yes. cast of characters. You know, you got Mayock, you got Gruden, you got Carr. Spend together. This is going to be the third season rolling in. Yeah. Um, you know, show me something. Uh, so I think it's going to be a big season. I think you'll know that. I think you'll see that in their draft picks. I think you'll see a lot of 
people who can help now in the first couple of rounds. So. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a lot of developmental prospects, no. and I think that's why Davion Nixon was on here. Um, he's going to be a guy that can jump in right away and play on that yeah. interior D-line and make a difference. So, um, yeah. Let's talk about the Chargers of Los Angeles yeah. who have a lot of free agents and yeah. a lot of important free agents as I'm looking now. I mean, Melvin Ingram, Hunter Henry, Mike Pouncey may or may not he be retired. retiring he is did. official. Yeah, both Pouncey brothers announced their retirement. Denzel Perryman, who's been good for them for a while. Um, their backup quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, who I don't know how he just doesn't own the Chargers at this point, but I digress. Um, Michael Davis and Nick Vigil. I mean, the, Virgil Green, a lot of impact. Dan Freeney, a lot of Feeney. A lot of impact players on this team are. And the problem is that they already have a you know an offensive line group that needs big upgrades. Yeah. So that hurts them badly um, <laughs> to have. This list is they're, so They're going to need to try and re-sign some of these guys um, and then fill gaps after that. Yeah. Um, they're not positioned extraordinarily well, if you ask me. Um, but, you know, I, I look forward to seeing how these teams kind of address those needs and who they select to, to really – sign long term are they going to go with stopgap guys and try and fill with later round draft picks so you know one, one guy that they have here um at 13 uh patrick sertan to fill the cornerback need yeah i'll tell you what i really like that if you can re-sign ingram and you've got boza and ingram up front there and then um Ooh. yeah and then you got kenneth murray there playing middle linebacker right he's yeah yeah that's who they this has a, another option here for you, Kev. This has them. I would imagine this pairs with Ingram walking, but they have them taking Gregory Rousseau at 13, yeah. pairing him with a – which makes a little bit of sense. If you put, if you spend the money on Ingram, he's going to cost you some money. Yeah. That's a lot of money locked up between him and Bosa on the edge yeah. rushers and really – so to get a young guy who on a rookie contract, that might be a, a smart move to spread some of that salary elsewhere. But Yeah. And, you know, they, they need an offensive lineman, uh, offensive tackle. Um, so if there's if Rayshon Slater is still on the board or if they really like Liam Eikenberg or somebody along those lines, they could pot potentially go that direction here. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see as we... Yeah, this team has the talent to win right now. I think you saw it last year where they're in so many one-score games. They got the young quarterback who's, who's getting better. Uh, had a really good rookie season, obviously of the year and you have just a lot of good players around you got keenan and mike allen mike williams and, and we kind of just wanted to throw a few names out there from the draft because you can't really make a projection right now any of these mock drafts that are out now uh they can't make a really accurate one because yeah. the pursuit of the free agency has to happen first yes so we're less than a month away from free agency now oh yeah and then once that happens, we can give you a more accurate picture of what they'll be pursuing in the draft. Exactly. If if they sign Melvin Ingram, well, you can pretty much cross Gregory Russo off the list. There, Absolutely. Right? So we'll we'll wait and kind of see. That's you know we're throwing names out there to keep an eye on. If you're a if you're a Chargers fan, these are who we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, come April we will have our own live mock draft. Oh yeah. Uh, Denver Broncos. Tom. The Broncos. Uh, I just read today that they are not bringing back Von Miller and don't plan to franchise him. So uh, they'll be really different seeing him in another uniform again. It's uh, been a wheel. Yeah. So talk about a team that uh, you don't know what's going to happen because they're going to be in heavy on any Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I mean, I think they're willing to overpay big time. To f I mean, we know that they overpay for quarterbacks to begin with. Uh, I.e. Brock Osweiler. Yeah, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> the, the Brock Osweiler experiment. That was something else, huh? But, you know, they need help at corner. They need help at edge rusher with uh, the loss of Von Miller. Their defense has taken a bit of a step back here uh, in the last year or so. Yeah. But offensively, they have a ton of great weapons. I love some of the weapons they have in Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Noah Fant, Mel or, yeah, Melvin <laughs> um, Gordon. I almost called him Melvin Ingram. Melvin Gordon, uh, Philip Lindsay, you know they've got yeah. they've got all these tools to play with, and they got Drew Locke, and they've got Drew Locke, who, I mean, it was his first full year as a starter. He suffered a little bit of an injury. Um, it, it just doesn't feel like the kind of guy that's gonna. I, I don't I don't see him. I don't see him long term. Yeah, 
I mean, they're in a tough spot, it seems, uh, kind of cap-wise as well. They don't have a ton of room, and it seems to have a lot of defensive free agents available. So they may be one of these teams looking to get younger on that side of the ball. They may also draft Justin Fields or Trey Lance if they're available. They're in a, a tough spot at nine because you're probably sitting outside looking in, but you've got the chance to move up. But is this team, even with a, one of these quarterbacks, a, a threat? I don't know. It's kind of tough to decide what to do there. If you're sitting at nine, you've got Carolina in front of you, and you watch Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson go off the board one, two. You've got Atlanta sitting at four, who may or may not be looking to move yeah. on from Matt Ryan. Are you not immediately on the horn to Miami saying, I need to get up there so that I can get my hands on one of these two guys? I think it depends on a couple of things, right? Um, do you think one of these other guys after the top two are worth making that move for? I mean, uh, that's going to come down to that evaluation process. You can't force it with these things. Like, if you just take one to take one, you're putting yourself in a bad spot. Moving up from nine to three is going to take a, a bit. You're going to give is. up your. You're going to give up next year's first rounder, this um, year's first and second. Yeah, we swap it first, so that's fine. But the second round pick, maybe even a third next year on yeah. top of it. So you're going to have to give up a lot. And if that quarterback turns out to be Drew Lock 2.0, where he's just meh, you can live on it. Yeah. Um, it, it, you're setting yourself up a real hard time. Um, you know, there are teams that are going to be looking to move around in this draft, I think, you know, purely because – and, and even if the Jets pass on Zach Wilson, that may make the market even more excited for more the – crazy at three. People yeah. will be diving on that three as, as quickly as they can. So as a Dolphins fan, I just like to think about these things. They sure. You know, get my juices flowing. But A bevy of picks coming yeah, your way. Yeah. So uh, Denver, you know, they've got Caleb Farley. Uh, Matt Miller has uh, Caleb Farley uh, going to uh, the Broncos here. The, this one I see and I'm looking at has the Broncos going defense as well with Micah Parsons, which I find it hard to believe somebody will uh, take him that early uh, with everything going on, but we'll see. Yeah, so it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what direction they go here, if they can pursue the Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, sweepstakes if that really is a thing i know um, the houston brass is saying he's we're not even interested but yeah i think they, they are <laughs> yeah. um the edge rusher the cornerback like where do you value these positions and you know i feel like their secondary is really soft right now so getting the best corner in the draft if you think that's farley or you, you think it's uh Patrick Sertan, you know, whichever direction you want to go with that, it's going to be. Again, from a draft perspective, they're, again, sitting in a really nice spot because if you don't trade up and you just stay at nine, you're going to get a very good defensive player falling to you. Yeah. These wide receivers and quarterbacks are pushing them all down, and you're just going to gobble up whatever's left that you like. Yeah. Just take them. No doubt. Uh, next division, Tom? AFC North. AFC North. Start with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have a ton up in the air, as usual. Pouncey's retiring. Um, Villanueva, a free agent, longtime player there. Bud Dupree, free agent. Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, free agent. Uh, one of the bigger things is, is Ben coming back? There's talk that he may not be returning. They, yes. may, they may cut him loose to Let save him. the... Yeah, let him chase something somewhere else, kind of deal. Yeah, so it'll be Mason Rudolph. Still. I kid, I kid. Oh God! So, congratulations, Mason. I saw you got a new girl. Good job, bud. What are you gonna do if you need a quarterback in your Pittsburgh here? You're in trouble because of the crazy market this year. Like, there's so many, and you're I mean, picking twenty fourth. Yeah, you're not getting one in the draft unless you go Mac Jones and he he's there. Uh, I mean, yeah, he could fall. He could be there. You could, you know, do you talk yourself into Kyle Trask? Like maybe. Uh, otherwise, you're talking about again. It, we're gonna play musical chairs. Some of these guys are gonna get yeah. moved around. Like, you know, if uh, Carolina gets their quarterback of, of the future, maybe Teddy Bridgewater's your guy for a year or two. Like, not that that's attractive. Or maybe they go with Ryan Fitzpatrick and draft Najee Harris because they need a running back in the worst way. Wouldn't that be a fun group to watch in Pittsburgh? I mean, it wouldn't be – I think it, they'd be very competitive. That defense is going to be filthy. Yeah. You know, you get – They some, are. You they are some, so good. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than Ben Roethlisberger at this point in their careers. They're both aged, but – Aged. You know, they're – But Fitzy can move still. Yeah. 
moves like a 31 year old man yeah <laughs> with no fear for his you know yeah no no regard for his, his own health yeah uh pittsburgh's an interesting team i think that it's it's confusing because it, when you look at their record dang they were close but when you look at the playoffs and their games against good teams eh, they weren't that close no they beat every every team they were supposed to beat and they lost every team they should have lost to you know and and then they got exposed in the playoffs by a browns team that they you know beat twice yeah yeah so it's very interesting it'll be fun to see how what they decide are do they think they're close or do they think wow you know we're not as good as our record said let's make some moves let's Ooh. get let's get creative let's get crazy I hate the Steelers. Let's move on. I'm not a big Steelers fan either. Too many of you Pittsburgh fans end up in Buffalo when we play. I hate it. Yins can go F yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Renegades are some. Uh, <laughs> Baltimore Ravens, who are also in a fun little spot here. I mean, this division is going to be great for the next few seasons, and that probably will not include Pittsburgh, I would say, right now, just because of the quarterback uh, question marks. But Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati – Y'all got young quarterbacks. Y'all look pretty good. Should be a lot of fun for the next three, four, or five years with that. Yeah. So let's talk about the defense of the Ravens. Matt Judon, free agent. Yannick Ngakwe, free agent. Derek Wolf, free agent. Tyus Bowser, free agent. A lot of up in the air there on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think they need to they need to add an edge rusher. They need to get more weapons on the offensive side if you're going to you know, their wide receiver situation is just not good. I'm pretty sure I could cover some of them. It is not good, man. I mean, Willie Sneed, God bless you, man. You've been around for a little while doing How old your do thing. you think Willie Sneed is? I would guess he's in his low 30s. 28. Yeah. 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 I feel like he's been around forever, too. That's why I said that. Like, yeah, he's been like 21, maybe. When yeah. He, Seven he, years. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a free agent as well. So, Chris Moore is also a wide receiver free agent. So they definitely are, are losing some off the cap to make a move. It, this is a team that's, it's, you know, it's interesting. They have Gus Edwards as a free agent. They probably want to, I mean, you would think they'd want to bring him back, but they're kind of set at running back, bring back Ingram. And the thing about the Ravens draft is you can't possibly project who their pick is going to be. You can talk about their needs all you want, but they will spit in the face of their needs to draft the best player available if it's someone that, they're fairly disciplined is, at that. Yeah. They are so good at it. They are so good at it. And they'll address the needs that they have the best they can in free agency. Um, but, you know, to me, their front office is as good as any in the NFL. They continue to find ways to be successful over and over again. Yeah. So th this is an organization that you want to model yourself after. They do things, you know, the way that you need to do to continue to be successful. And yeah. it's, it, it shows time and time and again. You know, they, they drafted J.K. Dobbins last year, not because they necessarily felt they needed running back, but because he was the best player on their board, and he was there. Yeah, it's one of those things, especially early on, I think people get away from it. When you get into the middle of the draft, there's not a lot that separates a lot of those guys. Um, it's more about feel and what you need help with. But the top of the draft, I mean, make your pick. Mm -hmm. Figure it out afterwards. Pick the best guy. Yeah. And it's tough to do, though. You know, there's going to be plenty of – Plenty of guys who slip down the board in this draft that add value, like we've talked about on the defensive side, and maybe the best edge rusher available will will you know will be their pick here because those guys are going to be valued very highly, and sure. if they slip down the board a little bit because of all the wide receivers and quarterback selections, uh, they could land someone like Quiddy Pay from uh, Michigan. I like it. Cleveland. Cleveland. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns, Tom. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns are just they're they're a fun team to talk about. They got a lot of stars. Yeah. And hold on, this page is I'm I was trying to so vamp, but my page is not loading. They're uh they have some needs um at edge, you know, opposite Miles Garrett. Yeah. He's a game wrecker himself, but they don't have anyone else. Yeah, he's crushes souls. They need some help at the cornerback position. Um Offensively, I like what they've got going on. I think they need a third wide receiver aside from Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Higgins yeah. is all right. Donovan Peoples-Jones has shown some flashes. Their tight end position really feels good. They've got a lot of tight ends in that on that roster. So many tight ends. You know, you've got uh, Njoku and, and Hooper uh, there in town. I don't know. What about their free agents, Tom? Give me a rundown of who's who's well, leaving town potentially. If you Olivier Vernon's a, a big one. 
Um, he's a big salary too. Last year, eleven million dollars. Um, two corners right off the bat. Kevin Johnson and Terrence Mitchell are both free agents. Uh, both guys contributed to this team last year. Carl Joseph, the strong safety, free agent. Um, we'll get to some linebackers then. B.J. Goodson and Malcolm Smith and Andrew Sandejo. Yeah. It's just fun to say for all of you who haven't tried it. Maybe they get lucky and somebody like J.C. Horn falls down the board. I don't think he'll get that far, but you know, cornerbacks are a pretty pretty valuable position. But I think that they need to address the defensive side of the ball, and I think they'll they'll select the best defensive player that they can get. This, this one I'm looking draft. at has my boy Jeremiah Usu Kamara going to yeah. Cleveland, and goodness gracious, yeah, and the draft scout has Trevon Morig, uh, uh, okay. he's safety from TCU, and um, you know I think that's a, a really solid fit. You know he'll he'll fill that that role that Carl Joseph's in now. Or Cleveland's um, in a good spot, I think this this offseason. Yeah, you, you return the injured Odell Beckham Jr. to add more pop to that offense. I love that running game that they have there. Baker Mayfield is stepping forward, it looks like. It looks like this is a guy that can play. So, on to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, this is a fun one to talk about. I, I can, without even looking at their, you know, list of free agents, get some guys to protect Joe Burrow. Get some guys to protect Joe Burrow. Yeah. Protecting your quarterback's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> it's never healthy. Uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow was running for his life. Ultimately, he uh, had to sit out a little bit of the season. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just it's crazy to watch. Uh, you know, Derek Carr saw his brother, David Carr, you like how I did that, yeah. um, go through this in Houston. Like, you got all the talent in the world. It doesn't matter because you're just constantly being pummeled. Um, and we're... we're Looking at the same thing, although the draft I'm looking at, the, the Bengals draft fought at number five. They could t- possibly get the best lineman in the draft yeah, here. Yeah, they want Sewell to fall to him. That's what they're hoping for. The, this one has them taking Jamar Chase, which, you know. If Sewell's off the board. Why not then, okay. add another wide receiver to this group? Yeah, um, because, I mean, A.J. Green's kind of towards the end of his. He's a free agent as well. A.J. Green's a free agent, and his $18 million are gone. John Ross is a free agent. Oh, maybe they do need a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, Reunite Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase. He knows that he can throw it up to him. Goodness a couple gracious. of really good options for Cincinnati when it comes to pick five here. It's whatever yeah. lands in their lap. Yeah, if Sewell's there, great. If not, one of those wide receivers should be there, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking around, but the problem with looking at their free agents, the team wasn't that good to begin with. So all yeah. these guys, like, what's the difference here? Yeah, absolutely. no, no offense. So um, that'll wrap the AFC North. One more, and um, AFC South. All right, let's do it. Let's go, Titans of Tennessee, who are just beating teams up. Yeah, the, they play that very physical. Um, Pound the ball, play action style of offense that's super entertaining to watch because you don't see a lot of that anymore. It's very creative as well. Yeah. I think some of that's underrated. You hear guys like McVay and them get get a lot of cr- uh, credit for being very creative, but I think this Titans offense was very creative and maybe not as much love. But they have some free agents as well. Clowney's a free agent. Uh, Clowney sh- who held out from signing with anyone forever. Because he wanted like generational money, added zero sacks in 2020. So for all of you sitting at home listening, you had as many sacks as Javadian Clowney. Sorry, your bank account doesn't match. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Corey Davis is a free agent. I, I, I think he's replaceable. I don't think yeah. uh, he's anybody they're gonna sorely miss. Um, Daquan Jones was a pretty good D tackle. Uh, he's a free agent. Couple. Will Compton. Top needs here, um, edge rusher, wide receiver, interior defensive line. Uh, we've hit all three of those we've talked about here already. Yeah. So I think Crushing this, it. this just literally comes down to which one of those positions has the best player available remaining at 22 in the draft. Um, what, what have you addressed in free agency? Uh, did you re-sign Corey Davis? I don't think they're going to. I think he's going to uh, get a decent price tag outside of town. Um He's loaded with potential, too. I really like the kid. I think he's got a, an opportunity Corey, to blossom yeah, yeah, somewhere. He's solid. I mean, he's not your number one guy, but I think he's a solid number two wide receiver. Yeah. But those guys are – you can pick them off places. You yeah. can get another guy. Um, Quiddy Pay is who they have here. 
Jalen Phillips here, uh, edge rusher from Miami. So, so everybody similar. seems to be pursuing the edge rusher angle here. Yeah. I think they're not expected to bring Clowney back. No. I mean, they'd be fools too. No, and you know they've been looking to add someone there for a couple of years. They they brought in Vic Beasley that didn't work out. They brought in Clowney that didn't work out. So I think they're going to need to focus on that position for sure. Yeah, it's a tough spot to fill. There's, I mean, when you talk, everyone wants to talk about quarterbacks, quarterbacks. There's there's far more four thousand yard passers than there are guys getting ten sacks a year. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing that slides under the radar. Let's go to Indianapolis, huh? Oh, the fun Colts. I mean, and I mean that. This is a fun team to talk about. There's so much going on. What what the, what are these guys going to do here? What are we what are we drafting? What are we going to do here? You need a quarterback. Yes. If they don't find someone here in this offseason cycle, then I think that you go with Mac Jones or Kyle Trask here in this spot and you let them learn behind Brissett maybe or you sign Fitzpatrick and let them learn behind him, you know, because I don't think Mac Jones or Kyle Trask are going to step in and be day one guys. Yeah, I saw something yesterday that said the Colts would take one of the big name guys, meaning Russell Wilson. I can't believe people even think he's really going to be traded uh, to Sean Watson. Um, but they would not be interested in Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz or Sam Darnold. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck getting Watson or Russell. So you're stuck where you're at. Um, this one has them taking Christian Darasau, the O tackle from Vatek. He's a solid guy. Um, nothing. I mean, that offensive line's the strength of the team already. Do we, that's why are we doubling down here guys. Yeah. Well, um, it does say that they could use to, to pursue a left tackle. I mean, um, you know, that, that can't hurt. They have a lot of free agents to replace as well. This is a team that depending on the quarterback, obviously, this could take a big step back. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, so you're out both your QBs. T.Y. Hilton, Justin Houston, um, Xavier Rhodes. I mean, there's a lot of yeah, Malik Hooker. A lot of guys leaving this team. Yeah, and, you know, when you lose T.Y. Hilton, um, Michael Pittman looks like a, a nice addition, but they need to find somebody to take the top off. If T.Y. Hilton's going to leave, yeah, um, you, need to, you need to replace him too, so... There's there's a lot of work to be done on the offensive side there. I like their defense, but you know that they'll also need to add a corner at some point. I don't think that'll be an early priority. But I mean, I think this really comes down to if they don't make a move at quarterback in free agency, it's going to. I think it's going to be a quarterback, and it may be a, a draft day trade. Obviously, yeah. I mean, you may see one of these teams end up with two. I mean, the Eagles with their two quarterbacks right now could easily move one of them on draft day. Yeah, if nobody else. If somebody misses out on the sweepstakes in the first round here, let's take a trip down to Houston, Jacksonville. Why, Houston? <laughs> let's let's talk about Houston. Um, we don't have much to talk about as far as the draft is concerned because they don't believe in draft picks. Yeah, I mean they gave They're away their top two draft picks here this year to uh, my beloved Miami Dolphins. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So JJ Watt's gone. That's that's a thing. He's free to roam about the earth and pick where he wants to go. They, they want Kudos. to trade their quarterback. They're trying to trade their quarterback, they but they're not admitting to trade their right. quarterback. Right, traded DeAndre Hopkins last year. Will Fuller's a free agent. Will Fuller's leaving. Vernon Hargraves and um, Gary and Conley are also free agents, so you're looning, losing two of your top three corners. Good job. Is there any way this team isn't picking in the top five next year? Yes, if they trade away their pick again. Yeah. <laughs> That was funny. I, I mean, it, it, yeah, they're they're awful. They're, they're going to be so bad. They have so much to replace. <laughs> there, there's not real. It's hard to just point out. This is the path they should take. They should look at this guy or that yeah. guy. They have so many avenues that they need to re restock. This is a full on rebuild. And, and they I, should have the number three pick, but they don't. I pity David Cully and the job that he took there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm excited to see what Miami can turn their picks into. So. Now, let's go to Jacksonville and yes. talk about a team that does have draft capital. They, they are getting a pick of some sort, I've heard. They are selecting Trevor Lawrence at number one. Yes. This is the world's stone. best kept secret. Don't allow any of the Zach Wilson talk to you know, make you think that there's any doubt here about what's going to happen. There isn't. 
No. They are selecting Trevor Lawrence. All of this stuff, this noise that you're starting to hear this week about teams having Zach Wilson higher, it's bullshit. I mean, there could be teams that have him higher, but that's because they don't have to make the pick, so they just want to be uh, I, yeah, dissenting. I, I, yeah, I don't even know if that's the case, though. I think that I think that there's there are games that people play. Yeah, the smokescreen season. We always yeah. talk about it. Um, it's a lot of fun for news bites, you know? Right. <sighs> Listen, you know who's going to say that Wilson's the better prospect? Whoever picks him in the draft. Yeah. Oh, this was our guy the whole time. We didn't want yeah. that. Was it Trevor, you said? I didn't yeah. want that guy. Yeah. No no quarterback named Trevor ever won a Super Bowl. Right. Moving on. You know? I wonder if the Jaguars would take three, 18, no. and Tua for tre- for the one. Would you? Me neither. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. Trevor Lawrence has the... Uh, you know, all this is speculation still. I mean, you got to see him play in the NFL. But from what you've seen in college over three seasons, he's a chance to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing dramatic that sticks out that makes you say, well, this could be his downfall. Right. So you'll, you will you make the swing. Absolutely. Well, that's the AFC, guys. AFC is done. Yeah, we're gonna do two NFC teams next week, two of the week after that, and uh, kind of wrap up that portion because it's happening fast. We are getting closer and closer. Um, the March tenth, we're gonna talk about free agency because it starts that week. It's gonna be crazy. Uh, we're three weeks away from NFL free agency happening, and then right around that corner, we have the draft. Yeah, we're we're there, man. We're we're in You're that there. season. Uh, March Madness is right around the corner, and I love me some March Madness too. So yeah, March this year is even. I mean, March every year is really good. I just there's something about it this year. I'm really excited. There's I know two awesome UFC pay per views in the month of March, which has me super excited. There's NCAA tournament. You know, today's an important day in my life because pitchers and catchers reported today. That always makes me happy and feel warm inside, even though it's 10 degrees outside right now. Just a lot going on. Yeah. Awesome, man. I'm excited. This is this. Next week, what do we got on the docket? Next week, we're going to do NFC North and NFC South needs. We're actually going to talk in a little bit of the NBA as well next week. So Yeah. We, we're we getting to the point in the season where you can get a feel for where teams really yes. are. So we're going to go over a little bit of that and a little more. Another big heavyweight fight in the UFC next weekend. So we'll All talk right. a little bit about that. Until next week, guys, we've fired out about, what, a little over 50 minutes of uh, yeah. break-free podcast action tonight. So we'll uh, get back with you next week. Good luck on all of your wagers this weekend. Ho- yeah. Hopefully everyone, uh, we can find a couple of winners there in what we gave out. So catch you all next week. Yeah.